Thanks for listening to the Stimulate Run podcast. If you like what you hear, remember to subscribe, leave a rating and a review. If you would like to get in touch or have future guest suggestions, please make contact via email or slide into DMs on any of the social channels. Here's your host, Erwin, with this episode's guest. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Stimulate Run podcast. Pretty fortunate with uh, today's guest. I've been, she's been on my my wish list. I just told her uh, pre-record for a while and um, really in a, an ability to educate and also share her story because I think her story is just an amazing one and um, one that will really have people on a journey. So she is Moroccan born. She's a registered nurse, which we were just also talking about and um, been very flexible recently. Uh, she's a runner, like many of you who will be listening to this, but importantly, she's a leader for a community. So I'd like to say welcome and salam alaikum, Miriam Dowie. Oh, thank you so much. Wa alaikum salam. Um, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um, yeah, so as you guys um, have heard from Erwin, um, running's been a very big part of my life and my journey. Um, and I think we can all relate that it's um, such a positive um, aspect to, um, to my life as well. Yeah, so a bit of background. Um, uh, I was born in Morocco and um, city of Casablanca, which um, is a very common place when, um, in Morocco. And I moved to Australia when I was four, so quite young. Me and my family lived in Sydney for a few years. And then my dad bought some land in Hobart, so Hobart, Tasmania, um, and built our house and we fell in love with Tassie, so we decided to move. And, yeah, I've been in Tasmania since 2009. Um, yeah. And, and I then, think, sorry, one of you, for the reason why I think you're in, your story is amazing is I dare say it just encapsulates the story of hundreds of immigrants um, to Australia. And, you know, you might be sitting there going, oh, I'm one and alone, or there might be a couple of them. But I think, you know, there'd be so many immigrants who have gone through your journey as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it's not even, it, it might, it might just be someone moving interstate, but that, you know, moving from place to place can sometimes cause a bit of um, changes in, you know, um, someone's life. And for me, I was quite young at the time. So when I moved to Tasmania, I was 10. And um, I was, because I'm Muslim, so I wear the headscarf. And in primary school, I was the only girl that wore the headscarf in Tassie. There's not the Muslim community um, at the time was very, very small. And unfortunately that did attract a bit of bullying. So I was bullied quite a bit through primary school and um, the beginning of high school. Um, and unfortunately that affected my mental health. And um, so I did battle a bit of, um, you know, for a few years, um, really bad depression and anxiety and then developed an eating disorder. So yeah, um, being a vulnerable teenager and, um, yeah, being bullied because of how I looked. And, um, yeah, I think maybe that for me at the time um, caused a bit of uncertainty about my identity and things like that. Um, and then um, running came into my life. So in grade eight, I moved to a different high school to get away from all the bullying. <laughs> and I'm very grateful that I did because I managed to find a really great 
um, friendship group and one of my friends was a runner as well and she encouraged me to sign up to a fun run and I was like oh what's a fun run I've never heard of that term before and I was very um, hesitant at first because I was like oh I can't you know I can't run you know 200 meters without stopping let alone it was a seven kilometer run Um, but she encouraged me and I actually signed up and I absolutely fell in love with the atmosphere. Um, I loved how the community all came together. There were people from different, um, you know, walks of life, different ages. Um, and I actually managed to run the whole way without stopping. And when I crossed that finish line, something in my head told me, you know, you've proved your doubts wrong. And, you know, you managed to run that whole distance without stopping so what else can you achieve and yeah since then I guess you can say I caught the running bug and um, started doing a bit more running found a coach and um, yeah the rest is history really yeah so um, so it's been a very big um, part of my life and it still is I want to get onto your running side but if you don't mind the school experience is one that I suppose It would be a promise of me not to share because I think anybody who thinks that that is not going on now is almost living in a daydream still. Um, And the pure fact that you also had to move schools is, you know, you think of that and go, well, that shouldn't be the case. You should be able to be staying at the school. If your parents even went to school, approached whoever was in charge and that should have been hit on the head. But amazingly, you had to almost run away from it. And I dare say that is still going on now where people are running away from the issue and you see it in the broader population, right? People running away from the issue instead of encountering it head on. Absolutely. Um, We definitely need to do more about this. It's um, especially now, it's not so like as much as it can happen in school, it also happens outside of school and social media and cyberbullying and it can really be detrimental um, to someone's life. Um, And yeah, Bullying can affect, it might happen during school, but it can be that burden or that trauma can be carried on later on into life. Um, so we need to do more to educate kids, um, teachers, because that's how we're going to change um, this problem is by educating people and um, putting measures to stop it from happening in the first place. Yeah. And if you fast forward to now, like we'll talk about if you still have any experiences because you know, no doubt you can't escape it. But um, have you ever bumped into anybody from back then? And has what's that encounter been like? Have they almost apologised or do you think that, you know, they're still very much buried in the sand? That's really interesting. Um, actually, only if you, or I think it was last year I... It was just in spotlight and I was purchasing a few things and I went to the checkout and the girl that served me was actually one of the um, girls that used to bully me. And the first thing she said to me um, when she served me was, um, Miriam, I'm so sorry to what we did to you at school. And I, would, I just got goosebumps. This was like wow. eight years ago. <laughs> um, and she still remembered. And, yeah, I was very... You know, I really appreciated her honesty and, um, you know, you know her, I, I absolutely forgave her in that um, instance because she was able to reflect and, um, you know, apologise for what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing because she could 
have been carrying that around for 20 years and yeah. you know waiting for that opportunity or maybe she'd even seen you so much in the last who knows how many years and finally yeah. conjured up the courage to have that and away from a group you know she might have just been following the mob mentality and now she had you by yourself and finally had that courage and and obviously maturity as well she's um you know as you know kids can often just follow the crowd or um you know they're very they just for example if the media is portraying muslims in a negative light or if they're just listening to what their family say about um the muslim community then you know they're going to be scared when they see this random girl with her head scarf and yeah um but I've noticed that over the years, the bullying and I guess Islamophobia in Tasmania has reduced as the Muslim community has grown and people are more educated on the religion as well. Um, and at the end of the day, we are all humans, no matter what religion or spiritual background or culture you're from, we all deserve respect. Um, and I, yeah, I want to convey that to others as well. I'm just human, I make mistakes. Um, and being a Muslim is just a part of me and yeah and then I, I presume you have um, younger siblings am I right how yeah how have you or even cousins and family members how have you almost assisted in um, their experience and almost prepared them for what might come in any way shape or form yeah so I've got two younger sisters um, Fatima and Yusra and a little brother Anas um luckily for them they haven't experienced a lot of bullying at school related to um you know being muslim um and you know with my sisters i explain to them and i um, tell them that they can come and talk to me at any point if they need um and it comes back to that i guess it has definitely improved over the years people are more educated and um there's been less of that you know islamophobic comments um in the schoolyard so so far so good for them um yeah i'm not saying that it doesn't still happen it does but it's not as bad yeah we'll pivot to your running journey soon but <laughs> you've continued to follow your faith and it's moved into you it's followed you in your running and you've stayed strong to it you run with um your hijab um early on this would have brought back memories right um there would have been on the start line you would have gone into state or to a school competition and it would have almost been winding the clock back uh, for those who don't know and might flippantly say oh why didn't she just wear something else um can you give some insight um into your your choice yeah absolutely i think um my favorite thing about running is that it brings people from all different walks of life together um you shouldn't change who you are as a person to suit the norm um you need to be proud of your beliefs your faith your identity um and part of my identity is my faith. And why should I change just so I can look like, look, look like my other competitors? That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, running is a form of you know, expressing myself as well. Um, and I want to you know, advocate and actually encourage other Muslim women or girls and actually 
no matter if you're Muslim or not, um, everyone to just participate in the sport and be proud of who you are. Um, yeah, you don't have to look a certain way or dress a certain way. Um, as long as you're happy and comfortable, that's the main priority here. Um, and if you are told otherwise, um, never listen to those people. Stand up for yourself um, because I will always back you up. If you want to wear short shorts, I'll back you up. If you want to wear long sleeve tops and long sleeve tights and a headscarf, I back you up. Um, just, yeah, go out there and enjoy, move your body and have fun. That's my message, really. <laughs> It, it, the next question, I think I kind of know the answer already, and it, it looks like it sits comfortably with you. Being a role model, um, it would have been almost thrust upon you as well, even you know, being the oldest in the family, automatically a role model. Uh, might be in your bigger, broader family, oldest possibly, role model. But in your community now, and the broader community, you're a role model, whether you like it or not. And we have this thing about role models, are they or aren't they? How does that sit with you? Yeah, um, I think just knowing that um, I might, you know, be a positive role model um, for just one person is quite, um, I guess, I really appreciate it because, that, yeah, if I can motivate or help someone in any shape, way or form, that helps me as well. It's a two-way process and um, I really believe that my hardships and my struggles happened for a reason um, and I want to use those hardships and struggles to um, help for the better if that makes any sense um, yeah so yeah it means it's a big privilege to um, be a role model especially for the younger generation um, and I just want to help and encourage everyone to be their best self um, and yeah just to keep on going even when life is really hard just always have faith and hope that things do get better because they do um, and I have experienced it firsthand and still do um, yeah you're creating a bit of a legacy of inspiration in a way um, but who do you turn to for inspiration are you internally motivated or you know do you parents like what does that look like for you the the legacy piece and inspiration for yourself? Yeah, I think I find inspiration in many things, um, whether it's people or um, just being out, outside in nature um, or um, even reflecting on my previous story or um, challenges and um seeing my growth that's really it really helps motivate me to keep on going as well and yeah I do um follow some amazing athletes as well um whether they're elite or just started running I really do draw inspiration from others and yeah it really helps nurturing caring giving back seems to be part of your makeup um you ran your first marathon at 16 for a, a cause in Syria. Um, you went on to become a nurse, obviously, and that's not, it's almost yeah. a calling. That's not something that people just pick and choose out of uh, the university catalogue. Um, no. Did you know early on that this was a purpose in life and, or was there a catalyst which you, something happened one day and you thought, that's what I want to, I need to do? Um, yeah. So, Back to my with my running and using my running to raise awareness for causes 
I think when I was 16, um, I felt quite helpless when I saw what was happening in Syria and um, the damage that was happening there. People were dying. The civil war was going on for years and years. They had no resources and I just felt really helpless and I just wanted to do something to help that cause and um, I told myself maybe I can use my running to help and then the idea of running um, a marathon to raise funds and awareness for Syria um, came into my mind so I spoke with my coach and I um, made a little video to promote it and shared it on my Facebook and social media and it was such a great um, hit out in the community it was very supportive and I think at that time I we raised over five thousand dollars so for me it's just using running as a platform has been um, very key to me um, and yeah and I think yeah I've throughout that I've done other um, I've raised money for other charities and events so running's been such a um, important aspect of, of that. Mm. In terms of the, your running journey, you know, you mentioned you got invited to do the fun run. What was the, um, I suppose you came home and you said, dear parents, yeah. oh, I'm going to go do a fun run. You know, what was that reaction like? And did they all, were they almost apprehensive for you knowing what you'd been through and then going into this mainstream sport and domain? Or, or was it, were your parents like, no, you go for it and continually pushed you to, you know, just break new barriers? Oh, no, they were very, very supportive. Um, I remember, yeah, and no, they encouraged me because it was very, they could see that it helped me a lot mentally and physically, um, and it was a very positive um, aspect of my life. So I was encouraged to continue my running and um, being supported throughout my journey, which is, you know, I really appreciate because as much as running is an individual sport, it actually requires um, input from different people as well and that support or moral support um, goes a long long way yeah so I wouldn't be where I am today without um, support from my family my friends my coach um, and other um, runners alike yeah did you think that it would grip you as much as it has and also did, did you think you had the potential to educate and have such an impact via running you know, what running wasn't just running. Did you, when did it take you the time to realize that? I think I never really had, um, like I didn't plan it. <laughs> it just happened, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And if you over plan things and it doesn't, it doesn't come natural. So being able to, um, you know, advocate and um, encourage others to pursue whatever they want in life through running um I guess just was a part of it um I didn't really plan it out and it just yeah I guess that just shows you the beauty of running and the benefits it has um yeah it's just a natural process I guess um and I think maybe because of my um what's the right word to say my beliefs and because I'm used running as an outlet I'm sort of um they, they've come out, my beliefs and my truths have come out with my running um, unintentionally, but maybe subconsciously, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the 
biggest learnings then and what has surprised you about yourself like you know from running that you might have learned you can go to a new physical limit or mentally you're stronger what are some of the and how does that impact your daily life um yeah so um just knowing how consistency and um effort and um, trusting the process um can impact your life like i remember running and telling myself oh you know I would never be able to run this distance or this time or this or that. And then putting in the training and over time actually achieving those distances and those time goals um, and just surprising myself. And then, yeah, just working towards another goal or another distance and um, just keep at it. And, you, yeah, it really shows you the power of the mind and the body and how sometimes the mind can... Um, you know, overpower the body and vice versa. Um, it's quite interesting. Mm. And then I suppose jumping back career-wise, what made you want to become a nurse? You know, was there was there a moment or, you know, where you just grew up and knew that's what you wanted to do? Yeah, um, so as a kid, I've actually always been interested in the medical field. I remember as a kid, I um, had like a little medical um, toy box and I'd play doctors or nurse or so it was definitely something that I've always been interested in and I think what really made me um, choose that career path into nursing was um, my time spent in hospital as a teenager so with my eating disorder and my diabetes so I'm a type 1 diabetic um, I've been in hospital quite a bit for those reasons and the nurses and the doctors that looked after me um, really motivated me and influenced um, me to give back and to actually consider becoming um, a nurse and working in the medical field. Um, yeah, so I think it's all about that giving back and having that empathy with um, patients who um, may have gone through a similar um, experience that I've gone through. Yeah, so. Um, I think definitely just my history as well um, made, made a big difference in that decision. Mm. And your colleagues and the education of them around cultures uh, and your culture specifically, do you, I dare you still have moments where, you know, people are almost sitting there with their jaws dropping once you share some stories of your growing up and um, even from Morocco What's that like? And is it something that you actually really enjoy sharing your culture? Absolutely. I think you have to be proud of um, uh, your culture. And, you know, I'm Moroccan and Australian, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and I love to talk about uh, my culture and how it's um, a part of me and a part of my life and my family. And, um, and people are very interested and intrigued and, um, you know, they talk about their culture or, um, you know places places that they have visited um, so yeah I really enjoy enjoy it it's good to share I think um, sharing knowledge is really important because we can all learn um, it's great to learn things um, especially um, about other people and other cultures and yeah it's really important to have an open mind um, there's so much out there that we don't know so yeah try and absorb as much as you can really which is good yeah ah, cool 
it might sound odd, but your running career still seems so young. And it's almost, you know, like you're really just getting going. You recently ran Melbourne Marathon. Um, but I dare say running running almost is just a vehicle to, you know, happiness, escaping, um, the busy work and lifestyle. In terms of running goals and where you want to sit going forward in your running, um, what does that look like? Is there something you want to tick off? You know, do you want to run a certain time or do you want to run an event? Yeah, um, for me at the moment, my only goal is to um, improve from my previous self and that comes as a last resort. So as you said, running is a vehicle for happiness um, and for me that's the priority. As much as I love racing, running is um, an important part of my mental health and physical health. And I need to make sure that I'm enjoying myself and sometimes putting a hyper-focus on times and racing and how fast you're running can become quite toxic and then um, which can lead to burnout and, um, you know, not achieving those things that you want. Mm -hmm. So my priority is to have fun and enjoy myself and then the rest will follow. So that's my, um, I think, Think that I want to focus on the most at the moment. Um, maybe later on, um, I can try and focus more on getting to that top shape that I need to be to be at an elite level. But in this moment, at this time, I just want to enjoy running um, and have that healthy relationship with my mind and body. Yeah, because I suppose it just then goes to potentially obsession. Right. And that's yeah. when, yeah. you know, you're not really getting that balance and it's not going to be escaping. Do you then, do you fully escape it then? You know, are you, are you somebody who looks at the data and are you Strava and those, or is it very much when you're out there, running is running. And then I suppose the other side of that question, do you think you'll get to a point where you go, right, 20 weeks, you mentioned you've got a coach. Do you sit down and go, this is what we're going to do? Yes, um, so if my coach at the moment, we sit down and we make a plan. Um, so after the marathon, I've just been slowly building back up again. Um, and every week we sit down and we chat and we don't just talk about the running part, but also the mental and psychological aspects of running. And then we make a plan for that week and then we catch up again and then, yeah, vice versa. So um, I think it's really important to reflect on your training and um, be self-aware and pinpoint um, what needs to be worked on as well as um, prioritising rest and recovery and um, your mental health and making sure that it's not just about running, it's also about um, your work life, your family. Um, you want to make sure they have time to yourself to enjoy non-running related things and then of course running so it's all about having a balance and holistic approach um, which then goes back to preventing burnout and preventing um, I guess um, obsession with you know over exercise or just hyper focus on just the data and this and that which is not healthy yeah well I suppose that also just ties into you staying strong to your beliefs right? Like you're, you're strong to your, your faith, you're strong to your work, you're strong to your life and family. 
but then also you're running your strong to what that means for you. And if you started to weigh in in any of those areas, then potentially it impacts your enjoyment of running. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, I think it's a bit of like a balancing act, isn't it? <laughs> um, you have to address all those domains. Um, and I guess running is in the centre of all of those. And each domain plays a part of into my running um, and not focusing on one or the other can tip that balance off and that will eventually affect my running. Mm. I'd like you to, well, I suppose assist in a bit of education, but also you shared your experience. Um, you know, like we mentioned, there'd be hundreds of people going through what you did still and, you know, a bit of advice for anybody who is, if you could share just from your experience, you know, what would you advise them? And then also people on the other side of the coin, like you mentioned, the girl in Spotlight, what would you provide advice to that person right now if they were the one, um, let's just call it what it is, the bullying um, and causing a bit of trauma? Yeah, so for anyone that is being bullied, um, my advice would be to not internalise and keep those, um, uh, you know, things to yourself. Um, it can get really, really hard, but it's really, really important that you do speak to someone about it. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't just brush it away. Um, speak to someone that you trust, whether it's school counsellor, parent, friend, um, and make sure that something happens. Um, so if you go to the principal and you tell them your story but nothing happens, you make sure that you go to someone else until something does change and the bullying does stop. Always speak up for yourself and don't let those bullies get to you because once you let them get to you, they have won and um, it can't be like that at all. So stay strong and always, always never internalise um, everything and keep it to yourself. Make sure that you speak to someone about it. Um, because you can only hold up, you know, so much trauma. Um, it's really important that it gets addressed properly um, as well as in a professional way. Um, yeah. And I guess for the bullies who, you know, have been able to self-reflect and recognise that what they're doing is wrong, um, I give credit to you for being able to do that. And the main thing is you have to actually change your behaviours um, for the better and um, apologising to the victims um, is a step in the right direction. So being able to do that um, is definitely um, really, really important. And um, just recognising that what you're doing is wrong is um, critical as well so that you can stop and change your behaviours for the better as well as um, recognising why you are bullying and why you are acting that way in the first place so that you can address the root cause of what might be causing those negative emotions um, in the first place. Because often there's an underlying issue. They're not bullying someone just because they don't like them. Sometimes it stems from family life or um, something that's happening to them that, you know, is causing them to behave in that um, manner. Yeah. Very good advice for both parties. 
what does this is going to be a hard question to answer i think for everybody but what does 2020 look like from a running point of view do you have an idea of an event another one that you want to really look at um would you look at melbourne again i know that is seems light years away but um <laughs> what does it look like yeah um at the moment just staying healthy and um slowly building back up from the marathon hopefully there's a few um events throughout the calendar um a few on try and focus mainly on um, improving my times for the 10K and the 5K and maybe focusing on the longer stuff um, next year just so I can actually improve my speed rather than um, focusing just on the endurance, if that makes sense. So that way I can carry on that speed to the bigger events. Yeah. And would you ever jump into coaching yourself, you know, just if, or even as a bit of a mentor um, to younger females in particular, um, is that something that interests you at all? Oh, definitely, 100%. I think I love uh, being able to support um, other runners, whether it's their first run or they've been running for years and helping them achieve their goals. And also, um, especially women in sport, being able to um, help girls throughout their journey is really um, important. Um, yeah. That's definitely something that would interest me. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's great to hear. I'm sure there'll be a few out there who will knock on your door one day soon. So uh, be prepared. Thank you. Um, to finish, I normally ask um, the guests the question, if you could give your younger self some advice, what would it be? Yeah, I think definitely um, telling myself, you know, to trust the process and don't be too hard on yourself. I think often we're too hard on ourselves and um, it's really important to just enjoy the little things in life and, um, yeah, just be happy with your present self really. Um, and, yeah, because I often, especially when I was younger, you know, you look at other people and where they were at and then you look at yourself and you're like, oh, you know, um, <laughs> But I think it's really important to just focus on your journey and yourself and just, yeah, um, be proud of it. No, well, I think you can be very proud of everything you've uh, achieved so far and uh, just continue to educate and help educate, I think, the job that you're doing in a community, in the community. It'll be rewarding at the end of the day. Um, you might get to points where you think not, but... Um, yeah, I think definitely continue um, to do what you're doing because you're doing a great job. So, um, yeah, thank, thank you, you so much for jumping on. And on behalf of the listeners that listen to this, thank you as well um, for sharing your story, but also just helping people understand a bit better. Um, yeah, and I think everybody will be able to take something away from, from this little snippet. But, um, yeah, and you can find a bit more about Miriam online as well uh, through social media. Um, she's an advocate through there as well. So thanks again um, and really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you, Owen. Really appreciate um, you guys having me here. Thank you. <laughs>